when I'm having some struggles and I'm telling myself, Lada, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, this happened, but it's not your fault. Or maybe it is, but it's not like you're not going to figure it out. You're not going to stay in this moment for the rest of your life. You need to keep going. You need to move on. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018, to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 245 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, United World College, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places. Because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together... We will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people. And this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Vladislava Skakunova. Vlada is a Flex alumna of 2019 at Fluvanna County High School in Palmyra, Virginia, the U.S. Born in the small town of Bilmak in the Zaporizhia Oblast, Vlada absolutely loves music, plays the guitar, the ukulele, and the keyboard. She currently lives in Kiev, plans to go to Lviv, and has taken a gap year because of COVID-19 in order to explore herself. Vlada, how are you today? Hey, I'm fine. And like, I'm super excited to do this podcast today with you because it's some new experience to me. And I love that. No, no, this is so good. (laughs) How important are new experiences for you? I think they're like super important because I like exploring myself. I like seeing what I like, you know, like Um, I went to the U.S. and it was super stressful to me because it's like, you know, completely different continent. 
but I've done so many new things and I've actually learned how to like figure out myself. And yeah, I think it's important to everyone to get new experiences and to learn more about yourself. Thank you. So if I heard you correctly, you went to the U.S. because of the FLEX Future Leaders Exchange Program. And there it was a totally different continent and you were stressed out and it was somewhat overwhelming, especially going from a small town to the U.S. right away. But you have done so many new things that you began learning about yourself, what you like, what you don't like, exploring yourself and figuring yourself out. Is this correct? Yeah, because when it's a small town, the society is like really close-minded sometimes and you need to get out of this shelf like you need to do something new because sometimes it's like sometimes it can be like quite toxic as i would say and yeah being in the us it opened lots of things for me tell me more about that about two things how is or what are the characteristics of a toxic society when it comes to exploring oneself and what are the best or better characteristics that will maximize understanding figuring out ourselves exploring etc okay that's a, that's a good question as i think um, the toxic society is the one that puts you in like uncomfortable position when you can't really be yourself and you're like always trying like to fit in but it's like you you're not good enough for it all the time because you know you know you're not being yourself and the good society for you is when like you surround yourself with these like people who are trying something new when they're like do their hobbies when they like you know do, when they're fo- focused on themselves more yes and that's that's the most important thing when you like surround yourself with people like this you begin to think oh that's you know that's something i would like to do like you know i would like to do something with that like i mean oh, sorry i'm really nervous <laughs> I would like to do Don't something. worry. I'm with you. <laughs> I support you. So again, if mm-hmm. I heard you well, and no worries, you know, it's going to be absolutely great, calm, and wonderful. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a toxic society is one that makes uh, the person feel that <laughs> being themselves is not good enough, and therefore they have to corrupt or compromise or try to fit in which is uncomfortable because they're not being themselves, but they feel pressure to be that way and therefore they conform, but they're not happy in the process. While being surrounded by the right people, those who are exploring, trying new things, creating a culture of uh, acceptance of whatever you wish to be and adding ideas about what you can do, that is a much greater place to be correct yeah that's yeah that's exactly what i meant thank you and is it easy for you to make new friendships with people and is it easy for you to find those right people you know in i think in the big city it's easier because you like you go to you go you go places you meet new people like you know if you're if you were friends with someone they're going to introduce you to someone else and that's how you become friends with someone because you know when you're open-minded there's no problem of becoming friends with anybody but as i said i'm like from a little town so um it was quite hard for me to be friends with people because they they were really close-minded yeah, but when I went to the US, I think it was it was a good experience for me because I got more opened and I didn't have any like I wasn't shy to meet new people and introduce myself to them. So yeah. I like that. But did it stay with you this attitude of not being shy and going proactively to meet new people and find those people exploring? Or did it seem to be 
like because of the halo of being in the US or <laughs> the exceptional experience. And therefore, maybe when you return to Ukraine, it reduced. How did it change you permanently or was it more temporary? I think it changed me like permanently. But that's the thing that you need to that you need to keep this. I, I don't know how to say it, like improve yourself every every single day in in that case because when i went to my small town like i was doing um extra year because i spent a year in the us and my school uh, they didn't want to accept this year so i needed to do like an extra year and uh, yeah i, I kind of like my social skills kind of went down because i didn't meet anyone new and there was also lockdown covid happened and people were not going out at all but I think when I came to Kiev, COVID was less bad. And yeah, when I, I met so many great people this year and I was really happy about it. Yes, um, I think it, yeah, I think it became better. <laughs> yes. Tell me more about that. You said you met so many great people. I mean, how do you know they're great people? And I don't mean it like in a... <laughs> Uh, degrading or derogatory way what I mean is how do you know that someone is great is it their energy that you can feel their energy and you feel their openness or is it because they speak about so many activities they're doing and you think wow this person is exploring or is it simply chemistry simply by being around them for some reason, you feel like you know them for a while. And that is the great person when it comes to your attitude towards people. Um, I think it depends on the person himself. Because, I mean, there are different situations. Because sometimes I like someone because, you know, our energies match. Or I like someone because they do so many things and I'm like motivated by it. Make me want to do something too, like not just sit around and do nothing. But uh, for me, uh, a great person is when I like, you know, when I feel connection with this person. When I like from the first second we meet, we're like acting that we know each other for such a long time, and it's it's such a it's such a great feeling when you meet someone like this. Like, yeah, you feel like they're your soulmate basically this this year and um, i'm really happy that i have them in my life wonderful so you feel like they're soulmates yeah you feel connection with this person you act right away like you've known them for a while from the first second correct yes and what is connection for you what does it mean if I were to go inside your brain for looking for a definition <laughs> to connection, what would that meaning be in the own unique definition of Vlada? Um, for me, connection is, it's more emotional. It's, you know, when I can talk to a person in about basically everything, but the person will not even need to say anything because they would like get me because we have like similar experiences in life or yeah it's like more of more of an emotional thing i have so many questions about this but i'll begin with one thing okay. a lot of uh, the guests who are on my podcast they define soulmate actually as a person, you don't need to speak, but you feel comfortable together. Mm -hmm. But you defined it as you speaking and them just listening okay, <laughs> and understanding. <laughs> so tell me about that. Yeah, I'm still kind of like nervous. I'm really sorry. But um, yeah, it's, it's not okay. It's not only me speaking. <laughs> Let's clear that up. It's not only that. But, you know, you can be like, you can be like, truly yourself you can joke around you can be goofy but you can be also serious and the person will like you know get your mood as you will get their mood as well i, I don't i didn't mean to sound like selfish because um that's not really what happens in relationship with people when it comes to me i'm trying 
I'm actually, I think that I'm really understanding person. So, yeah. Thank you. No, you didn't sound selfish. You're kind and it's very good. No worries, no stress. I know you're a bit nervous, so breathe, it's fine. We're just speaking. So to ask you then, how often do you meet such soulmates? Is it like once every six months? Is it one out of 20 people? One out of two? Every person you meet in Kiev seems a soulmate. I don't know. But how often and how many on average do you think you have? Because there are two extremes. There are some people who say, well, as long as I feel comfortable with a person, they're my soulmate, and you can have like 45. <laughs> and someone else are like, no, soulmates is like one or two rare people that you meet every couple of years. So what is your attitude about this? It doesn't, like for sure for me, it doesn't happen often at all. Like, yeah, I know there are some people who are like, saying oh she's my soulmate she's my best friend like literally to all the people they know i mean that's actually what happened in the u.s a lot because like people would say oh you're my best friend but they would never hang out with you they would never sometimes they wouldn't even say hi to you when they see you in the hallway and that was so weird to me because i define friendship as something deeper as something mature and when i call a person soulmate I really put all the meaning into this word it's not just like oh you know I'm saying this because you maybe you want to hear it and you know I'm trying to put as much meaning and as much actions in this word as I can yes but also in the U.S. they say hi how are you and then they leave so (laughs) it's uh, it's normal and to ask you that in a way that is more quantitative, but I'm really curious about this. One soulmate, how many normal friends is the value or the importance of one soulmate? Is it one soulmate is like 10 normal friends, 100, infinite, (laughs) two, five? You know, how do you feel it when it comes approximation from your heart? Well, I don't think I have an answer to this question because friends, you know, there's some close friends that I like, I keep really, like, really close to my heart. And it doesn't mean that I value them less than my basically like soulmate. No, I didn't mean it in that way. Normal <laughs> friends, I meant like normal like, friends, like some people. Or... Okay, because I know there is, it's not acquaintances because you might see an acquaintance once every two months. But Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you can see them, you study with them or whatever. You consider them like good people, Mm -hmm. you're close, but they're not like you tell, don't tell them your secrets or anything (laughs) like that, you know? Yeah. So those normal, because I know in Ukraine, there is like acquaintance and then there are like degrees of separation (laughs) and whatever. But no, I mean like someone who is a friend, but honestly, if you needed them, they won't be there for you. You know what I mean? (laughs) But they're not acquaintances in the way that you don't know anything much about their life or whatever. That's how I define it. So normal friends like that, not Mm -hmm. intimate. How many of those like one soulmate is how for me i will say like 70 at least or 100 you know so that you you get but don't be influenced by my idea tell Mm -hmm. me about yours of course like i think that one soulmate like costs so much more than like hundred thousands of like like as you consider normal friends because yeah you like you're completely right normal friends as you say they like they won't be there for you when you need them and as well sometimes you won't be there for them when they need you and that's that's good it's kind of sad as i think (laughs) because yes one second so you said one hundred thousand, and how many soulmates do you have I think I have only one, truly, like, so Wow, you have 100,000 friends. I'm impressed. Such a popular girl. 
kind of. Yes, you are a celebrity. And tell me about this. And I will ask it in this way. Many of the Ukrainian girls who I spoke with about this, they said two things. One, it seems to be a common thing that many of the Ukrainian girls have very stoic poker faces that are too serious. And whether in the U.S. or even sometimes in Ukraine, if they're walking around and whatever, they look mean and angry, even if they're not. Do you have that? And second, many of them, they say, actually, we never, ever felt comfortable with any person from the first day or meeting. We need at least four or five uh, meetings and time in order to figure out the value of the person and how we feel before opening up and becoming closer friends. It seems to not be the case with soulmates for you, but Mm -hmm. with most other people, is your face too serious? (laughs) And do you need time, like serious time before you get close to someone other than the rare exception of soulmates? Well, um, yeah, I think that I need quite a lot of time because sometimes, well, it actually depends on my mood as well. Sometimes I'm really open about everything. I could literally tell like my whole life story to someone if I feel like I'm in the mood for it, you know, but, but usually, yeah, I'm really like closed and I need to, yeah, I need some time to like figure out what like what this person is and what their value is as well because there's so many people in the world and you don't know their intentions and you just don't want to you know you don't want to get how do I say that hurt by some people so you need to like figure out what you, you want to do like trust them or not trust them yeah so yeah I need time of course were you hurt by some people before yeah that's I mean, everybody gets hurt, as we hurt people too. Of course, it's a, it's a normal human thing. And I was hurt, and I hurt people too. Thank you. And you said friendship is about maturity. Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of maturity for you? And how to cultivate it? Or what is the characteristic that adds maturity to friendship? Well, that's a that's a good question, um, you know. Because when I was growing up, I had these friends. I mean, they would call themselves my friends, but, like they would never be there for me when I need them, for example. Or like we could go by not talking for like four months, five months, and they would never like text me or anything. But I think the maturity in friendship that you understand that. A person needs like personal space and they need time sometimes, but it's also like not forgetting what person did for you and what you were able to do for a person if it's needed. And yeah. (laughs) Thank you. So forgetting the connection and not keeping in touch and keeping the connection alive is a sign of immaturity or not real friendship but maturity mm -hmm. is i mean if i understood you correctly yes you're gonna correct it what are you gonna say yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean like um of course i understand we all have our lives going on and it's not like you need to text me every single day and tell me about what you're doing or like reply immediately to my message it's not about that because i understand we have like real lives and that's absolutely fine but yeah, basically it's about keeping it alive and not forgetting that, you know, you have someone that cares about you so much. Then I'm curious, now that you're going to Lviv, how are you going to keep the connections alive and how will you discern and choose which people you'll do that with and which you'll just let go and give them their forever space and well if life brought you back it brought you if not it's fine well um actually my best friend who i consider soulmate uh, she lives in lviv so yeah i'm gonna be with her this year 
and the next year as well. So I'm really happy about it. But uh, about the connections, about how like I will choose which ones should I keep, I don't have many of them here. I mean, I have m- many of them because of work, but it's like, as you consider, like normal friends. Uh, but like friends, friends that I keep really close to my heart. Of course, I'm going to keep in touch with them. And that's the kind of friends that, you know, I think of every day, like, oh, how are, how are they doing? Or like, I need to text them to see how the things are going. That's how I... How, yeah. Yes. How does that develop compared to soulmate? You said soulmate, it's instant connection from the first second. With others, it seemed to me like you need to flesh out their values, understand who they are as a person. So what are the values of people who have the kind of close friendship with you that you will keep that connection alive? Um, sorry, I didn't really like understand your question. Can you... Um... You said with soulmates, yeah. it's clear from the first second, you're like almost in love with that person. Yeah, basically. But, but you said usually you're reserved and you need to understand the values of people before you trust them. Mm-hmm. So the people who become close friends because they're not soulmates, but they're not just normal friends, why do they become close friends? Do they have special values that you really think, wow, I like that person. I want to be closer to them. Is it the vibe and the emotion? You're like, I feel so comfortable with this person. Is it that they add optimism and (laughs) excitement and adventure to your life? I don't know what it is. We're not speaking about soulmates, but the close friends that are worth keeping. What is about them that makes them such close friends worth keeping? It's, I think it's more, yeah, it's more of a, of a vibe of a connection that we have. It's like, as, as I said earlier, it's like emotional connection. That's what makes them really valuable for me. Because they can, you know, they can get me. Like some people just can get you immediately. No matter like what you say, but they're there for you and they will try to understand you no matter what you do. And... Uh, One second, this is so beautiful. How do you know that they get you in particular? I know it's special. When someone gets you, you feel it. But also some people can pretend to get you. And you probably, as an emotional person, can notice the difference. So how do you know that they get you? What do you see? What do you feel? What do you understand? What happens so that you think, yes, this person gets me. Is it that they have the same experience? They tell a story that is similar. I don't know. Compared to someone who can say yes, 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 yes. And they're like, yes, men, but or yes, women or whatever. But they don't mean it. They're just like yeah. you said earlier, being in that uh, peer pressure, toxic society thinking where they're trying to fit in rather than saying what they believe, you know? Like some people will just uh, say, yes, oh, I understand you. But in reality, they don't. They just say it to to fit in, you know? Yeah, I actually had experience with these kind of people. And uh, I don't know, it, it was so weird for me because there's this one person who I, like, I, I don't know, I just felt something like I, I felt this weird vibe from this person. And it turned out the person was actually like uh, lying to me. To make me like like them, yeah, and it was it was not a great experience. But it's it's more about like you know as I feel um, like sincerity from them, like as I like, you know I can s- sense those pure emotions from a person. It's about how like the way they move, the way they speak, because I'm like into psychology a little bit, so I kind of I was really interested in this topic. And watching a lot of uh, videos about also like gestures and how people act. Yeah, and I think that's how I realized that the person is not quite sincere with me. Thank you. So 
Can I assume that when you walk around the street in Lviv or Kiev or wherever, or you sit in a classroom or at work, you're aware of the vibe and the emotions of everyone around you? Is this correct? I don't think everyone, I can't say that because sometimes people can give off one vibe, but then they like open up from a like completely different side. So that's why I need to like to get to know a person a little bit. So I know how they act in their like uh, comfortable environment. Yes. And I don't think I kind of can get everyone in the room. It's I don't think it's possible. But mostly, partly, yeah, it's kind of right. Thank you. And are you an emotional kind of person? Do you love emotions? You need emotions. Life is emotion for you where <laughs> you need the ups and the downs and the cries and the laughs and the scares and the surprises and everything in between. Yeah, I, I consider myself as a really emotional person, but I'm also like, I'm, I also consider myself as introvert. So I like need a lot of time to recharge from the, from the environment. I need to be alone a lot to like realize what I want to do and how I feel about people. And actually like I have a diary that I write in a lot about my thoughts because it's like helping a lot to get all of these emotions in the right order and not freak out because sometimes it can be like really overwhelming to deal with. Thank you. And do you have a favorite emotion or you're using them all to explore yourself and using your diary to figure yourself out emotionally? I don't think there's um, I don't think there's such a thing as like favorite or like bad bad good emotion. I think all the emotions that people have they're equally important as like sadness is as equally important as happiness because we literally wouldn't even know what happiness is if sadness wouldn't exist. So I value all of my emotions and yeah diaries helping me with figuring out myself. Thank you. And you like time alone in order to recharge yourself and to reflect and not be overwhelmed. Some people feel that is too boring, that being alone is very lonely or just a real bore. So they suffered a lot during the pandemic. If you are to communicate to them your experience, the way you think and see the world, what makes you not bored when you're alone? What makes it interesting, fascinating, just a great time? That's such a good question, honestly. <clears throat> because, yeah, I know a lot of people who freak out when they're being by themselves. And that's the case. They're not spending enough time with themselves. So when the COVID like, started, it was insane for some people to not get like crazy but i think that you should it, it like it comes from like within you you should respect yourself and you should love yourself in order to be able to like be interested in what you think to like in reflecting and i just i like songwriting i uh, yeah play guitar and it's so interesting to see like how many thoughts i can have and it most of most of the times they're subconscious, but when you like start writing something, it just comes on the paper. And actually, yeah, I, I really like having books with myself as well. It's super relaxing to like go into like nature places and discover things by yourself. It's charming as I think. Thank you. I agree with you. Some people were saying that if someone went by themselves to a restaurant, that's like the most humiliating thing in the world. And I'm like, no, that's like bliss. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can take your diary and go eat something delicious and just think about the world, about what happened, what will happen, what 
patterns you noticed, what you understood, what you figured out. I think it's wonderful to reflect on life, on us, on to be fascinated with ourselves, but not in a selfish, egotistical way, but in a way that it's like, life is so fascinating, and we are life, and we are the instrument we use to discover life, and therefore, we process life through ourselves, and it's fascinating. It's always evolving, always changing, but staying the same and changing at the same time, which is amazing. Yeah, I completely agree with you because like sometimes people are so scared of reflecting and I yeah, I actually know some people who are like, no, 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 like I don't want to think about this because I'm going to get sad. But like sadness is a great emotion to, you know, to mature, to get to know yourself better and to like do something about it. Thank you. So maturity is getting to know yourself, the way you behave, and better ways to behave in different situations and choosing better ways as you understand more. Did I understand you correctly? Yeah, that's what I think. Thank you. And tell me about that process of songwriting or of writing when it comes to your diary and emotions. You said it's subconscious. You begin writing and things begin to come and release on the page and you begin to discover and notice and make sense of emotion so that you're learning new things. And if it it's almost getting overwhelming, you can manage because you can make sense of it. Well, how does it happen? Describe it to me. Imagine you're taking a break from your life for one day. <laughs> I'll take your place and then teach me how to write songs like you and how to understand emotions like you and what you notice about yourself emotionally as you write you know it's you need to be in this you know specific mood sometimes it's not like you know you just wake up and you're like oh i'm gonna write a song today it it doesn't happen like this you're just you know sometimes i have these like certain mood and I just like I pick up my guitar and you just you know you just keep keep singing about what you feel what you have in your soul at that moment maybe like you're going through some like experience maybe it's love maybe it's something sad maybe it's happiness and you just start you know singing from your soul and then sometimes you're like oh that works you know the lyrics work perfectly so like you're writing it down and then you just keep going with the flow because it doesn't happen like okay today i will write a song and this is this is how it's gonna be no it's just you know it's just truly your thoughts and you go with the flow that's what i think thank you so you go with the flow you go with your moods and you allow your soul to sing, correct? Yes. <laughs> and since you mentioned soul, what is soul when it comes to your own understanding or intuition about it? Um, uh, for me, soul is like it's something higher. You know, um, it's like we have we have just a body, but soul is. Okay, I'm not I'm not devaluing bodies. Bodies like great and we need them to survive. <laughs> but soul is like you, what you feel in yourself and what um it's it's a really tough question for me as well. Um but it's it's definitely something that that is going to as I think that's going to live after you as well. Like after your body dies, for example, and it's that's how I feel. Thank you. And so you, when you're alone, you're not alone, you're with your soul. Yeah, basically, because, um, I, you know, I wasn't always like this. I started, like, valuing my soul, my thoughts, myself, like, a couple of years ago. I started, like, working on it to, like, become confident, to be more comfortable with myself, to be alone. And, yeah, I... 
Teach us that. Imagine there is a teenager in Ukraine listening now, and that girl or boy is not feeling confident, and they're looking at you and they're thinking, Vlada, please teach me to be confident. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I have been through the same struggles. First, explain how it feels to before when you weren't confident. Did you tell yourself some things that were uh, painful or negative criticism in your inner voice or whatever? So maybe they will think, wow, I'm not alone uh, in that or whatever your situation when it was lower confidence and what did you do in order to grow it and then how did you notice it it grew and it was growing that's such a great question um when i had like lower confidence yeah i, I was you know i was blaming my, myself for failures i was blaming myself for kind of like being myself because sometimes i feel extra you know, I have like really like lots of emotions and uh, sometimes people don't like it because I get like really excited about something or if I get sad, I get like really sad, super sad. And I was blaming myself for having so many emotions and I just wanted, you know, I wanted people to like me and I didn't think that's something that people like. But then when I was growing, I realized that like I live this life for myself and I see myself every single day and I want to be friends with myself because I'm literally the person who's going to be with me 24-7 for the rest of my life and I don't want to blame myself for anything anymore. So it's kind of like you're trying to accept yourself and your flaws and you're, you know about them. It's not like you're just close your eyes and you pretend to not see them. You literally know what your flaws are and you're accepting yourself with every single day. And, I, you know, sometimes I actually, like, even, like, talk to myself when I'm having some struggles and I'm telling myself, Lada, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, this happened, but it's not your fault. Or maybe it is, but it's not, like, you're not going to figure it out. You're not, like you're not going to stay in this moment for the rest of your life. You need to keep going. You need to move on. And yeah, that day I was like exploring myself what I like. And yeah, I, I started like spending more time with myself every single day to reflect on my past experiences, on my childhood, on my teenage years. And it helped me to figure out how to get more confident in myself. Thank you. So it all stems from the realization that each one of us will be with us yeah. forever, every <laughs> second. And therefore, rather than having an enemy or uh, creating something that will add pain, life is already hard by itself. So might as well be our own best friend, supporter and back ourselves and love and accept ourselves for who we are, correct? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Thank you. And you mentioned speaking to yourself. And earlier, I think you said you have walks in nature and talks with yourself. Is it that the place where it happens that maybe when you go in nature, you feel more attuned and able to reflect and converse with yourself? Or is it what happens when you're in nature? Is it inspiration? Is it reflection? Is it recharge? What is that thing? I think it's all the things at once, like literally. Because when I'm when I'm going out into the nature, I bring like backpack with me. I put like my diary there. I take my headphones. I supply myself with food as well. You know, you need to care about yourself, and. Um, yeah, but also I don't think like I'm like actually talking to myself in the nature. It's more, it's it, it happens more when I'm going through some struggle at home, for example, and there's no one to be there for me. So I'm deciding to be there for myself. Even if, even if there's someone else for you, it's also like good to 
to be a friend to yourself as well, to um, figure out your thoughts, what you think about the situation. Because sometimes when you're in the moment, you're so lost. But for example, when you talk it all out, it helps you to realize maybe the situation is not as bad as you thought it is. And you get the solution by yourself. It's not like you need help from someone else to help you. you know? I like that. Reflection is really important for me too. But I didn't even know, but I realized a lot of people don't do that in many ways. They stay distracted, moving forward by things rather than taking time to reflect, to balance, to understand and to grow from experiences. So it's wonderful that you do it and you're doing it all along for years, which adds to your maturity and ability to be a bigger person and a stronger person. You said you are reserved and I'm assuming not many people know the true uh, Vlada. So two things. One, when people first meet you or even without meeting you, maybe at work or from uh, school or whatever, they know you from afar. Do they have some assumptions about your personality that are not true? And second, what is the most important thing you would love or it's important for you that people know about who you are, about your soul and personality that you would be happy if people understood about you? Okay, so for the first question, I'd say sometimes people think that I'm shy. Like with the first impression of me is that like I'm shy and um, some somehow naive even. Yeah, it's more about like shyness because I don't really, op- like some, okay, Sometimes I open up from the first second and sometimes I'm staying like um, quiet to see what like the person is and to get their vibe, to understand them more. So I'm more like a listener sometimes and more like a talker sometimes. It depends on the situation and if I feel comfortable with the person. Um, But the second thing is that I would love people to know that I'm really like understanding person and there's like you know there there were like a lot of people who were talking to me just to get some like help like so- psychological way more it's just, it it's also be- oh my god I'm sorry <laughs> it's also the reason why I'm going to social work uh, course uh, to u- university because I want to like help people. I want to understand them more, understand their um, the view, their view of the world of themselves. And I think it's 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 a great thing. And I would love people to know that I'm there for them sometimes when they need them, when they need me, and that I'm yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Add more confidence. Tell yourself, I love me, whatever happens, even with the mistakes and whatever is all flavors of the experience and of life. Otherwise, life will be boring. And there is no such thing as perfect. Who defines perfect is, like you said, toxic peer pressure. (laughs) And therefore, Yeah. yeah, who said that imperfect is not perfect? So I decide to um, love imperfection because it's about the journey. I believe that a happy journey is better than a perfect achievement if we hate the journey. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be so boring. Like, actually, if the world was all perfect and we didn't have any flaws within ourselves, like there was nothing to talk about. Actually, our purpose in life, according to some uh, spiritual paths, is actually to be to work on our issues, especially emotional and psychological. And that is the purpose of life, is to present us with opportunities to grow, to discover, to heal, and to get better. And therefore, if we were perfect, 
we wouldn't need to be alive at all <laughs> in the first place. And Vlada, if people want to know more about you, they would like to follow you on social media or just check out what you're up to. <laughs> what are you up to? And if there is anything you'd like to talk about, maybe uh, some project you support or why did you choose that specific course you're choosing, uh, please share about that too. So your social media, the best one for people to check, get more information about you or follow you. And second, either why did you choose that course you have chosen uh, or any project, whether ecological or cultural or whatever, you would like to raise awareness about? Okay, there's, I have a Palestinian friend, actually two of them, and there's this thing going on uh, between Israel and Palestine, and it's really disturbing, and the way that people get treated is really horrible, and it actually reminds me of experience that we have with Russia nowadays as well, because they're always like invading our borders. And I really relate to Palestinian people right now, because there are some countries like aggressive countries that are, you know, attacking those little countries like Ukraine and Palestine. And that's absolutely horrible. And I would love people to show like more support towards us, towards Palestine and to help us as in financial way, as in moral way, as spread awareness uh, in the social media. Yeah, that's... Thank you. And what is the best social media for people to follow you? Instagram, you can mention it and I will write it in the description as well. Okay, um, it's N-O-O-O, Vlada. And yeah, it's the best, Instagram is the best platform for me because uh, there's so many young people there and uh, we should, that's the best platform to like spread awareness and to talk to me as well, if anybody will want to do that, of course. Thank you, Vlada. It was honestly a privilege, an honor, a great time. And I wish you a brilliant day. Thank you for every minute. Thank you so much too. You made it so like much more comfortable for me as it's like my first experience. And I really appreciate that you were so understanding and kind to me. And it was honestly an honor for me too to do this podcast with you and to talk about all of these like beautiful things and to reflect on, on myself again. It was really great thank you so much you're welcome you're really kind <laughs>